Welcome back to Dwight Explains the Bible, Season 2. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus died for your sins. Wrong! In today's episode, we're going to take a look at those claims and see how those claims stack up against the Bible. So let's break this down and look at the first claim. Jesus is the Messiah. How do we know who the Messiah is? Well, God told his chosen people, the Israelites, what to look for to identify the Messiah. They were told that the Messiah would bring the Israelites back to Israel and bring peace among the nations. Has any of this happened? Are all the Jews back in Israel? Has there ever been peace among the nations? I don't think so. Another, another prophecy, Hosea chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, is that, the, the, that God would bring the Messiah back from the house of David. Now, there's two different chapters in the Bible that follow the lineage down to Joseph, Jesus' stepfather. Well, the thing is, Jesus has to come from the bloodline of David. Since Joseph didn't put his seed into Mary, there's no blood line in Jesus. Jesus is not the Messiah because he did not come from the bloodline of David. Joseph's genealogy is irrelevant. God told his chosen people that the bloodline of David would be found in the Messiah. God has told his people, he directly told his people that the Messiah would come from the bloodline of David. And when we look at the Jewish customs, when we look at kings and leaders and priests and everything else, all of those uh, appointments come from the father's bloodline. It's a patrilineage. The mother's bloodline determines your uh, Jewishness, like what tribe you're in, what house you're born into, but it doesn't determine your priestly state. So the father's bloodline is what is important when determining whether or not you're going to be a king, a priest, a prophet, whatever. God specifically told his people This is how you will know who the Messiah is. So, did God lie to his people? Is God a bad messenger? I'd actually say yes to both of those questions, but that's not the point. There were many people in Jesus' age, in his day and age, that were going around claiming to be the Messiah. There were a lot of them. And a small handful of them were also named Jesus. There were a lot of Jesuses in Jesus' time that claimed to be the Messiah. There was a Jesus the carpenter. There was a Jesus the magician. There there was a small handful of Jesuses that we know in history that claimed to be the Messiah. So, how do we know which one it is? Well, God told his people. And let's let's do a quick exercise. So, if I told you that the guy you're looking for is going to wear a blue shirt and a blue hat, and somebody walks in wearing a red shirt and no hat, would you call that the guy you're looking for? 
Probably not. Oh, well, uh, God was wrong, or, or, or uh, 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 there's a verse that the Christians love to use that even the Jews were going to deny the Messiah. Actually, that is true because they're going to call the Messiah the Antichrist at one point. But they called a lot of people false prophets. They denied a lot of people the claim of being the Messiah. And why did they do this? How did they do this? Because God gave them a list of things to use to figure out who the Messiah is. He's going to have a blue shirt, a blue hat. This guy shows up in a red shirt. Well, he doesn't match the description that God gave to us, does he? Many Christians will talk about Isaiah 53, which is a, a chapter about the suffering servant. And they're going to say, well, that's Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. But if you read Isaiah, specifically 40 through 44, chapters 40 through 44, it's talking about who the servant is. It says, oh, Israel, my servant, Jacob. And Jacob is another name for Israel, which is the people of God. So it's clearly, Isaiah is clearly calling Israel or Jacob the servant. So why would all of a sudden he just change his mind? Hey, look, we're going to write a new chapter talking about the future. And it's a different, uh, it's a different servant this time. But the very next chapter, 54, okay, now we're going to go back and we're going to still say the word servant, but now we're going to go back to the old definition. That doesn't make sense. That's stupid and that's dishonest. What does Isaiah say? Who does Isaiah call? He specifically names the servant five, six, seven, eight times throughout his, his chapters. The servant is Israel. Oh, it's a suffering servant. Yeah, Israel. Because Israel, the people have gone astray. They've suffered. They've been persecuted. And it talks about he's going to restore them. God's going to restore them eventually. So the servant is the nation of Israel, is the people. Christians typically yell at us or at people who don't believe their narrative, that we're taking things out of context when they literally take this verse out of context. They literally take this chapter out of context. They ignore the rest of Isaiah to say, oh, this is talking about Jesus. And they ignore where Isaiah specifically identified who the servant was that he's talking about. Oh, uh, he was talking about the guy in the red shirt when Isaiah says, no, it's a blue shirt, blue hat. Pay attention. Why would God give the Jews this checklist of what to look for in the Messiah if he wasn't even going to do that? Why would he lie to his people? Why would he deceive his chosen people? Does that make sense to anyone? Anyone? All right. Well, that's enough of that claim. Let's look at the next stupid BS nonsense claim that they make. Jesus died for our sins. He took the sin of the worlds upon himself. Well, I thought Jesus was supposed to fulfill the Old Testament. Jesus was a fulfillment of the Old Testament. The only way that you can fulfill the Old Testament is by following the Old Testament. Remember, Jesus wasn't a Christian. Jesus was a Jew. He followed the Torah. He obeyed the Sabbath. He obeyed the Torah. This is how one of the prophecies the Jews had. He was going to be a Torah observant prophet.
So what does the Bible say about Jesus dying for us? Let's take a look, shall we? Deuteronomy 24, 16. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. God is telling his people that each person will be accountable for their own sins. Well, maybe it doesn't mean that. Okay, Exodus 32. Uh, it's like verses 30 to 35, but Moses goes up on the mountain, gets the Ten Commandments. He comes down. His people are worshiping a golden calf. Pisses God off, pisses Moses off, right? But what happened there, I think I've covered this before, they were worshiping the golden calf as an idol to God. They were trying to worship God but they were using their old methodologies to worship God, and God doesn't want that. He doesn't want pagan traditions. He speaks many times against the customs and traditions of man. So he didn't want you to use pagan worship rituals to worship him. So either way, God's pissed, Moses is pissed, but Moses knew why they did that, right? He knew that. So he went back on the mountain to talk to God. He's like, you know what, God? They fucked up, punish me for it, let them go, I've corrected them, punish me. And what does God say? No, when it comes time for punishment, I'm going to punish the person who did the wrong thing. God said, I'm going to punish the person who did the wrong thing. The person who committed the sin is the one who must receive the punishment. So obviously God's a liar because when King David... Uh, raped Bethesda and they had a child, God killed the child, so he didn't punish the person, he punished an innocent baby, but in many other times. But in this case, he's specifically saying the person who does the crime must pay the punishment. Ezekiel 18, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. He's saying People that are good will have goodness upon them. People who are evil will be uh, dealt with evilly. Jeremiah 31, 29 and 30. In those days they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten a sour grape. The children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. So the Torah... The, the Torah, the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament clearly shows that you can't die for somebody else's sins. You can't atone for the sins of other people or you can't have somebody else, like if your dad's like, no, take me instead, that doesn't work. If you're the one who did it, you're the one who pays the price. And then now all of a sudden, they're going to change everything that God taught his people and say, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to put the sins of, of uh, all the people on this guy. Does that make sense? God basically said, we don't do this thing, and then he does that exact thing that he says we don't do. Why don't the Jews accept Jesus, I wonder? Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. He was the perfect lamb. He was the last sacrifice. Jesus' blood ended the sacrificial laws. We no longer need to sacrifice animals because Jesus was the last lamb, right? Well, I don't know. How can we answer this question? Maybe we can go to the Old Testament and see what the goddamn prophet said. Let's go back to, I don't know, Isaiah 
the one that the Christians love to cherry pick verses out of. Let's go to the very first goddamn chapter. Isaiah chapter 1 says, They have forsaken the Lord, the Israelites. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel, God, and turned their backs on him, God. This is again Isaiah prophesizing that the, the Jews have basically gone astray. They're messed up. The servant has gone astray. He goes on to say, The multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have more than enough burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs of goats. Stop bringing me meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. Isaiah is clearly saying that these burnt sacrifices, that blood sacrifices are no longer a thing. He doesn't want them. He gave the people the blood sacrifices so they could feel holy and they could have a process by which they could connect to God. He didn't really need the blood, but he just did this because it helped the people do a ritual that would connect them with God and make them holy. But they've done it so much and they do it with empty hearts and empty thoughts that God said, you know what, just don't even worry about him. Just don't do it. You, you, you've gone astray. You're just doing mindless babble right now. The stuff you're doing is just nonsense. So blood sacrifices, animal sacrifices were done away with before Jesus. So not only can one man not atone for the sins of another man, Blood sacrifices are no longer accepted by God. So Jesus was not the Messiah. He did not die for your sins. You can't die for another person's sins. He was not a sacrifice because God doesn't do blood sacrifice anymore. So what... I mean, Christians just don't read the Bible. People who read the Bible are called atheists. People go to seminary schools and they want to become closer to God and they leave an atheist. Why is that? I know I said in season two I was going to have guests and I, I'm going to try to continue to do that in the future. I just had to get this out. Um, so instead of having a guest, I'll do an impression for you. Maybe a couple impressions. Okay, so this is an impression of a Christian. I'm a fucking idiot. I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to ignore the Bible and worship Jesus. I'm going to ignore God and listen to the pastor. Okay, well, that's enough. Um, so, this episode came out about two weeks after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, Christians try to say they're pro-life because of their religious beliefs. They don't think God would want babies to die. They don't want to talk about God killing millions of babies in the flood in Sodom and Gomorrah and the plagues of Egypt and what God had his people do to the Amalekites, the Midianites. In Deuteronomy, it talks about if the city doesn't uh, like take your peace offering, kill all the men with the sword. God killed David's baby 
Um, just the countless of deaths that God does. Yeah, that's your pro-life God. Okay, great, you freaking idiot. All right, well, thank you for joining. Uh, Dwight Explains the Bible. Season 2.